Welcome to this episode of Apple at Work. My name is Bradley Chambers. As always, I'm your host. This is a podcast about all things Apple and the enterprise. Um, th- this week, we have a very special guest, returning guest, Jason Deparn from Adigy. Jason, Thank welcome you, back. Thank you. Thank uh, you for welcome. What, uh, what's been new with Adigy this year? Oh, we, we've had a record uh, year so far. It's our fourth record quarter in a row, uh, ending here in Q3, and, and our fifth record quarter will end the year pretty strong. So we're very, very happy. Uh, just everybody's been working really hard and um, continuing to grow in that that space. Um, one of the kind of big trends we're seeing a lot is is around kind of single sign on the Apple world. Um, do you all have a new product related to that? Correct. Yeah, we've been working on it for a while, too, to get it as robust as possible. But you have an ability with an adage at a multi-tenant level um, to be able to put in multiple different IDPs if you're managing different subsidiary companies or if you're a managed service provider managing multiple customers. You can drop uh, an identity login. So when it comes out of the box, it drops right to identity login screen. You log in with Azure AD, Okta, Google, et cetera, O365. You have your MFA, of course, that's required to log in. And that's super important because the, the main criteria for automated device enrollment, zero touch deployment is a serial number. And we don't charge for identity. It's a really important component for the user's experience and scale. So you can add that branded logo. It takes five seconds and you're applied in your organization and can ensure that you're you're managing everything by the proper IDP, just like you're used to in the Windows environment. You mentioned uh, the MSP world, and, and that's really kind of where I wanted to focus our discussion today. Generally, so much, particularly here in the U.S., of your interaction with Apple in your workplace is Apple to Apple. I was going to say apples to apples but as a joke, but you kind of like, you know, you you with Apple, like where you might have an online store through Apple where you're buying your devices. And that's different from, you know, if you're coming from the PC world, you're generally always going through a, a VAR to buy everything. And in, in a lot of situations, your VAR may be, part of your deployment strategy from an imaging standpoint, um, or, or at least, you know, getting these things asset tagged. Uh, you all have made some inroads here with MSPs. What has been, I guess, first question is what led you all down that path? Yeah, my background has been working in enterprise software at CA and then at Kaseya for eight years as well. And the managed services market provides this, this level of service to SMBs that is just you know unparalleled. So you think about the evolution of companies when they're a small business, you know they don't have that IT power in house, nor should they need to. They they really look towards those IT companies to deliver the level of service that they need, and and especially in the Apple world, uh, they can help do that. One of the big reasons why is we're the only multi-tenant MDM platform in the market, meaning that. You can set up different accounts and you can go in there and redundantly do your same tasks. But like last week's 11.6 uh, patch that had to go out pretty pretty quickly, um, we're the only vendor where you can go in there and apply that for your whole portfolio and ensure that, that gets distributed to all of your customers that you manage and their relevant MDM, apps and books, identity, everything is, is managed at multi-tenant level. Um, so that, that's really the key aspect is scaling the operations because if a patch is good enough for one customer, it should be good enough for everybody. And that provides a tremendous amount of downstream value for those SMBs 
because they're not paying per hour to get all this work done or have like an in, uh, in-house IT person to do it. They're leveraging that scale, that expertise of the service provider, um, you know, being able to do that across the, those portfolios that they manage. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Direct Mail for Mac. You're sending important emails to your team, but is anyone actually reading them? Direct Mail for Mac makes it easy to send engaging content and find out how it's performing. Top companies trust Direct Mail for Mac to send all types of important internal communication, like employee newsletters, project updates, training materials, and more. And here's why. Number one, emails sent with Direct Mail for Mac send out from the crowd. They're attractive, they have customizable designs, and they look great on all devices without requiring any coding knowledge. Number two, Built-in reporting shows you who is interacting with your emails, giving you the data you need to optimize your communication strategy. Number three, IT integration is incredibly easy with Direct Mail for Mac because it uses your company's existing email system, not a third-party cloud service. Even better, Direct Mail is a native Mac app, not a clunky web app. It eliminates an entire class of security threats. You can book a demo or get started with a free trial today at directmailmac.com work. It really makes me think about kind of the role of as a service in, yeah. in small businesses, because there can be small businesses now that you really might not know are small businesses. You could have a a ten to fifteen person team that you would might think is two hundred to three hundred people, because they may have so many. I'm not going to say outsource, but they may have so many service providers that they're able to say, "Hey, we don't need." 200 people, we can get by with 15 to 20. And then, hey, this part, we're outsourcing to this, we're using this vendor. And, and so it, it allows them to say, because of that, they may have, they may kind of swim in bigger ponds with, um, you know, kind of regulatory compliance. And so they may need like, hey, we don't really want to hire an IT department. We know we need IT support. We know we need someone to think about the security aspect, think about when do we deploy updates, And so that does make a lot of sense that an MSP might really just be another of the, hey, at your service kind of environment. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And then from a business perspective, an MSP is going to have those on the ground relationships that like you as a single company in a single city might never have. And there's only so many like paid ads you can do on LinkedIn and you might never reach them. Yeah, it's about the strategy of being able to have almost a, a partial, part-time CIO, CISO that can go in there and, and really help you in your business decide, well, by next year, we really have to you know, have the IDPs uh, for your organization in place, your Google authentication across all systems. We got to start meeting these security requirements and we're going to see them. You, know, you look at the hacks with SolarWinds. And and Kasey and others, there's a lot more pressure. I just came back from the Taylor Business Group conference, and that was one of the biggest topics: was how do we make sure proactively that we're doing the best we can for our end users and for ourselves as MSPs? That's a decent threat vector there. Um, and so, just them being you know solely focused on providing that upper end level of security, because we're going to see regulations coming across everybody, and uh, the ability for them to focus on that as a virtual um, strategic member of the company is, is really huge. It, it reminds me of a conversation I had when the place I was working at back in 2009, 2010. And, and again, this was still a time period when the default was still, Hey, we're going to run our own exchange server on-prem. 
And like you were the exception if you use cloud email. And and the weird thing about this, like 10 years later, that has completely flipped. And I would dare say almost no one should be running their own email server unless you absolutely have a very specific reason. And then you still have to have the expertise because like the, the, the idea of having like one box inside of one building that houses all your email is kind of insane to think about. And, and so they, and I remember kind of pitching my manager at the time, it's like, we were going to switch to Google for, it was Google apps for your domain at the time. And he made a, com- a comment like, do we trust Google to be secure? Cause obviously this person wasn't a technology person, but, you know, and I basically said, look, I don't trust me to be secure, to be able to secure this as well as like I trust Google. And because technology has become so, so complex, it's no longer possible to be a generalist and be able to say, yes, we're secure. Uh, You you really have to have those experts either in-house, which most people can't afford, or let's be real, you may not find them in your city. Either or you just say like we need we need help like a, uh, a reseller in my city they use the term VCIO like a virtual CIO and that really does make sense and 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 for somebody that's like in technology it may feel weird to say oh we're outsourcing the CIO role or like you have a virtual CIO but I look at it as like there are plenty of solutions out there that are like managed HR services like where you know hey we have to have HR functionality we need HR advice but like we don't have the need to have a full-time HR person, it's the same concept. Yeah, I agree. And I'll break it down to more tactical components of it. You can think about it. uh, If there's in-house IT services, it's probably helping the users at a help desk level that you really want to keep maintaining. If, If it's patching and, I was the conference was at Huntress, the security firm, mentioned that there was still like two thousand plus Exchange servers uh, that they actually reached out to and said, "You got to patch these Exchange servers. Like you are still exposed to active exploits out there." And to that exact example, you know how many firms are are able to stay that ahead of it? And patching is the highest security posture you can maintain and do. Um, and if your MSP is ensuring that and guaranteeing that, and they have the exposure of other organizations, so you're not the 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 um, the guinea pig of those patches, you get a lot more robustness out of that, and it allows you to focus on what you're good at as an organization. I mean, we just spend so much time in every organization doing ancillary operational work, and it's all about trying to stay focused um, on whatever our goals are as an organization. So, well, and I kind of think about the like. The question um, is like it's crazy how these technical things come back to non-technical things. But I think about the the hiring issue a lot of companies are seeing. Like you know, you, on one hand you see like oh well, there's record unemployment. Then you say you know when I get on LinkedIn, there's like I feel like a job's everywhere. Where like I can remember back when the recession hit, you know, it seemed like you couldn't find a job. And now like if you've got certain skill sets, that's particularly like in technology, like there's just jobs everywhere. Yeah. And you're especially the security this. area, oh, right? Well, there's always those terms absolutely. you see cybersecurity here, cybersecurity, and it's just like what well, there's there's blank checks being written for anything that's cybersecurity. I don't I don't get it either. Those things always level out, of course, too, right? But yeah, it's all over the place right now. It, it, well, and it's it's almost like there's just not enough people who are good at security at this yes. point because and you and I talked before the show kind of about the revolution that's that I feel is happening in 
you know, the, the term fintech for the financial technical markets where it's like, I, um, I, I, like I'm a very big believer and like, there's a lot of changes happening with finance. You know, obviously I know people have opinions about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but I, I think you can't see what our payment, like how payments happen worldwide and not realize that this is based on like 50 year old technology. I mean, it's insane. Like again, we have things like Venmo where you can send me a dollar and you, you think you get it instantly, but like it actually takes three days. To, it's it's insane. Like we have not seen the technical revolution of our financial markets that we're going to see. And so you, you think about that, you think about, well, security now is even bigger uh, than it's because like, it's like, you're like, you're going to see this rapid digitization of our financial markets. And there is not enough security people that are good at this, that a company can hire enough experts. And again, it's not just about having one. It's like having a bunch. And I, I remember years ago when I was working at a place, um, it was a telco, and we did some work at a, uh, some various banks. And one, one of the people said, you know, I'd never bank at that. One of the RIT said, I'd never bank at that bank because I've seen their security setup. And, and so you kind of don't realize, like, there's just a lot at play here security-wise, particularly as, as more and more things move online. And if we do see this like rapid transition of financial information moving online, uh, and again, people think like, oh, we have online banking. That is not financial to, to financial technology being digitized. It's like take it to like to the, a to the extreme. Yeah. yeah. Think about like e-commerce 20 years ago versus today. That's the kind of the difference we're going to go. And I, I think... I think it does make a lot of sense for, you know, these MSPs, again, who can serve, who can kind of hire, train, build out the expertise. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to really kind of say, yeah, we're, we're going to add device management to that portfolio because again, it's another service they can offer. Uh, but again, they don't want to build it when, when they can partner with a, a firm like you all or others. It makes a lot of sense that for them to even say, hey, we're, we're bringing in a strategic partner. We're an expert in this. You don't have to be an expert at this. We're going to help you get it set up. We're going to have you manage it. And then when it's time to do, when it's macOS update time, we're doing the research, we're doing the testing, and we'll push it out and tell you when it's coming. And it's just another thing as a business owner, like you don't have to even think about. And I, and I think that's one of the things I'm realizing that like, if you can free up senior leaders in companies to yep. not think about something else and give them more time to think about their business versus thinking about thinking about their business, that's good for their, that's good for their customers. That's good for their employees. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Managing Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult. Mosul makes it easy. As the leader in modern mobile device management and security for Apple and the enterprise, Mosul offers solutions for every stage of your business. Are you just starting out? You can use Mosul Business Free and receive the complete MDM feature set of Mosul Business Premium for up to 30 devices at no charge. If you're looking to address all of your Apple endpoint needs, Mosul Fuse has you covered. The cloud-native offering combines enterprise-grade mobile device management, identity management, automated application installing and patching, and a multi-layer import, import security. Wherever you are in your Apple device journey, Mosul is there to support you. With a focus on usability, automation, and the best support on the market, Mosul delivers a new approach to Apple device management that is more powerful, efficient, and affordable than legacy solutions. To, to learn more about Mosul, visit business.mosul.com. Again, that's business. Dot M-O-S-Y-L-E dot com. Thanks to Muscle for sponsoring Apple at Work.
Yeah. I mean, think about the security posture alone. If every uh, business out there, no matter what the size, has to maintain this minimum level of security posture, uh, which is getting really high, right? It's it's just too hard for them. They've got to have resources that abstract away that noise for them. I look at security in this weird way. You got some organizations that have, you know, they call them um, red blue teams, right? Where you, you have the red team is doing the offensive work. There's very few companies that can have full-time employees doing offensive attacks internally to try to find holes in other things. And you can hire pen test firms outside. We had a big debate about that in our last conference again, but one of the things that's top of mind for me, it's just simple and straightforward. And we're going to have to get there with all these supply chain attacks is having um, chain of custody in our case as a vendor of source code. It's a law firm or medical industry with their data. What's been my chain of custody? If I outsourced for six months to somebody that had access to all that information and then I fired them because I outsourced it and I moved it over here, that chain of custody, that data is leaked, right? And, and now I've moved it to somebody else. And how have I maintained my chain of custody of my data, of my source code here at Attitude, which we've always done, US-based employees with high rigor, what we're doing there. We don't outsource it in some you know, supply chain manufacturing type of way. Um, that, that's some of the most important things we've got to maintain and manage and help our customers understand that too. So simple stuff. The end of the day. But yeah, simple, but you sort of just blew my mind thinking about things like that because it is just hard to be, be a business owner. I mean, it, it, in some ways, it is almost, it would almost be easier to go back to the 60s and be a general yeah. construction foreman because the only thing you had to worry about was these blueprints that were printed out, building something matched those blueprints. And now it's really the variables that are hard to control. And, and you know, the easy analogy I have is, you know, I woke up yesterday, I had a plan for my day and yeah. came home from the gym and my air conditioning fan was still running, but yet it was 57 degrees outside. So I knew I had an air conditioning problem. Thankfully I got it fixed. It was like $200 fixed, but like all these things threw off my day yesterday, like it was car stuff. It was just this, that, and the other. And like, you have a plan as a business and like all these variables of like security and updates and, and like, you know, out, you know, outages here and we're doing a customer demo here, but uh, this cloud service is down or this cloud service now is not talking. Like there, there's just so many variables with this enterprise tech that if you have a day where things go somewhat normally, it's actually surprising to me because it, it's just, or if you can just like make it through a week and like not be hacked because there's just so much compl- complication. And then there's so many people trying to come after your, most businesses on a day-to-day basis. It's phishing. It's, it's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's honestly exhausting as if you're a business owner. Yeah, I, I I agree, and you know the world of Apple in general it, it moves so fast as well. Like people do believe, and and the platform in and of itself at an OS level is more secure. But we're getting a lot more threats because of the uh, you know the level of data on these machines and the amount of Macs now proliferating through the market. Um, and, and and Apple moves fast. Like we got you know. Uh, Monterey dropping here momentarily, probably when this airs, it just a dropped or so. Absent books changing, lots of things changing very quickly. And, and an organization taking all that on themselves is going to have to absorb that change on a constant basis. I mean, a service providers abstract that all away, right? And, and we as vendors, you know, Adagy stays way, we stay way ahead of Monterey. We're, we're, we've been well um, prepared for it and well tested through betas with production environments and with apps, the new apps and books, patching methodologies, everything. There's a lot of change. 
but we try we 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 abstract that away, and then the MSPs take it another level of abstraction away from the businesses. That's why we really believe the best experience for an end user with an Apple device at an SMB level is not to try to take that stuff on their own. Work with an MSP; they're going to provide you the best experience, security, posture, everything. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of the way you think about that because. As a business, again, you go up and think about controlling the variables. Well, it used to be the strategy, well, Apple drops new OS, or please don't update, keep it where it is. We have things working. Well, now you, you have to be kind of continuously running to be on the latest version of everything to stay secure. But then you've also got to keep things working along the way. And that's a challenge. It's easier than it used to be. Apple, I think, has gotten better, uh, particularly about not breaking things from OS to OS, like that used to work and we things are better. There's some things obviously with, um, you know, login windows stuff, depending on your MDM to the, with Monterey, but like for the most part, like things would just get easier, but like you kind of can't stand still on security. Um, and, and, and in some ways you can make the argument, like you need to update. It's certainly not on, if not on day one, as soon as that 0.01 release comes out, you say, okay, we got to get on this one. Um, because things are, things are not, are standing still. And, um, like you said, it just, and obviously Apple's very, very secure, but it's, you know, obviously they're continual malware attacks. Uh, and I think in a remote work or hybrid work environment, the opportunity for phishing or getting malware on your machine is like so much easier. Uh, I, I, I did have a thing. One of the things I think is probably helping people today is now you can just tell people, look, if you get a pop-up about flash, it's a scam because there is no more flash. And I wonder how much like less malware there is on the Mac today because of that. Um, that's either here or there, but it, it's just like, there's all these attack variables, even though the Mac's secure, if you download malicious code, a little malicious software and put it on a machine and authenticate it. Um, you better you better hope your IT firm has endpoint security that can de- like, kind of detect that and remediate it like immediately. Uh, because yeah, a again, couple. You, sorry, a couple of things I, I, would, I would admit exactly on that point is we um, you know even the eleven point six patch from last week. Knowing your vendors can provide a, a, a quick incremental patch, uh, a lot of other vendors didn't have ability to push that. 11.6 patch. They only do it when there's a uh, when it's rolled into the overall OS upgrade, and they're rolling in a 12 gig upgrade for every customer for the patch experience. So, and that was like two weeks later. So, knowing that you can patch immediately when there's an active exploit with with the right tool, that you can like we publish in our community section uh, facts and and remediation scripts for Silver Sparrow and everything else that, as it comes out. And our community so active on Slack and such. They, they submit to our community some of these remediations for any security issues or facts they're collecting. So you, a big thing for me was never, you know, MSPs are out there. They can't reinvent the wheel. Admins in general should not be reinventing the wheel. There's a lot of power in the community, and we're trying to continuously uh, build that. So as a new vulnerability comes out, we usually see we get a bunch of submissions, we QA it, and it's released within an hour or two hours of it being public. And that's, it's not even code changing on our part. It's just our community leveraging that power together that I love. I, it, it really tickles my heart when I see that because now we've got the community building ahead of Adagy even within our platform. So well, I, I think it's a kind of a great, as we wrap up, kind of, I, I think that's you know, people that know me well know, like I'm not a, like I think social media, like on the personal side has been rough on our society, but like yes. I do like the Mac admins community, like the, just that, community i think it's very tight-knit and they're very collaborative and sharing because it's like we all know like hey we're in this together like we're all mac admins and we're all we just want Macs to keep being popular in the enterprise particularly and so like there is this like 
just awesome collaboration where people are working together. They're trying to make things work for businesses. Like, hey, we're all on team IT, and we want IT, we want Apple to work well at work. And I think I think you make a great point that like we're we're better together and we're more secure together. And it does make sense to not reinvent reinvent the wheel. Uh, time and time and time again, uh, even exactly. even like on the, you know, I don't know the conversations you have like with other MDM vendors. I don't know if there's like a, maybe there's like a big group text with you and the Jamp folks and the Kanji and the muscle folks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, you know, it's like you know, you you all want to the business. You you want the industry to keep being validated as like important and required. Uh, and I think it just makes sense for us to all be kind of running towards our company goals, but like kind of running together. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. So, uh, Jason, thanks for coming on the show. Um, uh, congrats on the big year so far. Uh, we'll drop a link in the show notes with the, um, some of the recent announcements you all have had, um, particularly around the MSP side. That's some exciting, exciting work. And you, know, you could really end up, uh, your company could be using Adigy, uh, and you may never even talk to the folks at Adigy. You're using their technology through one of their resellers. And I think, uh, I think you know, those, those resellers are important because they have the relationships. The long, a lot of times, a long-term relationship with customers, and it's just an easy, uh, it's just an easy sell, and then they can trust them to kind of keep making that, uh, kind of keep securing everything and keep everything moving forward. Uh, so again, thanks for coming on the show, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bradley.